What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Hello, Shy Hearts. Welcome to episode 264 of Meet Us at Molly's. We're jazzing it up today. Uh, big time, big time, big time. It's not an episode. We're not doing love languages. This is the AI episode. The AI episode. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. So little sister Lauren's here. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, we were definitely not going to do this episode without you because like, there's just too much fun is going to be had. Well, we um, need all the extra voices. We need the extra voices. We need the extra voices. So um, we don't have any news because it's hiatus. Um, if there's call, literally nothing. There's Yeah, there's nothing one Chicago related. I know SAG just extended their negotiations with the AMPTP until July 12th. Writers still have no deal. What the hell? How is it? How is it that the actors got an extension and the directors got a deal? But they won't negotiate with the writers. Like, you know, you need them to be able to tell the actors what to do, right? It makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of ways to, you know, help the writers out there if you'd like. There there was a link floating around. There's a writer. I can't remember her name, but um, I'll have to find it. But you can Venmo her $10 and she'll buy like, she'll buy a pizza for every $10 for the picketing writers. Um, so I sent $20 over the other day, um, just to say thank you. I mean, God, these writers work their butts off and they deliver our favorite shows, you know, they deliver the quotes that we say in everyday conversation, well, some of the I, quotes that we have tattooed on ourselves. I think that was obviously why we really wanted to do this episode. I mean, yeah, it's going to be funny. Like some of these, like the prompts are great, but like what chat GPT gave back are like really bad. But it also just highlights how important the writers are and like why we need them and why now more than ever, it's important to stand with the writers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, I think this episode is why, you know, we really want to do this one. A thousand percent. Yeah. And and let's be clear, because I know in some of the tweets, it was kind of hard to convey our tone, but we're not celebrating AI in this episode. We're, what we're showing is that why would you want to do this? Because look at the product it's giving you. Right. It's just so hilariously bad. Yeah. Yeah. So our point is to show you what a bad idea artificial intelligence is and why you really can't replace the writers with chat GPT because no. that's just silly. You can't replace anything with chat GPT. No, no. And I keep hearing these, like I hear it in, in the work context. I hear it in all these other contexts and I'm just like, why would you trust it? Yeah. I don't know. I'm too much of a control freak. I you know, if, if you don't like the way something's done, you got to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. mm. So I don't know. Okay. So we asked you guys for prompts. You delivered. We got some great ones. Um, for time's sake, we could not get to all of them, but let's see how today goes. Maybe we'll do a part two. Who knows? We're going to be here in yeah, we, for a while. So I think we picked like four, four from each show. And then there was like one that had like all the shows. Mm -hmm. So yeah. But you guys yeah. sent like so many. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so um, we're going to bring back the days of when Brian and I used to reenact scenes together and like deliberately make it bad. We're bringing back those days. So 
this is this is all supposed to be like funny bad so just like they're gonna be so bad gina and lauren have not read them yet i was the one that plugged them in so hey they have no idea literally what we're about to get into and how bad they are i've dabbled before just because like we had this idea back in the spring and i just got bored and like started plugging stuff in and i mean yeah, I, I remember there were there were I remember I wrote in like right act one of an episode of Chicago PD where like the comedic story is Platt and Torres doing something. And literally it's like it was like Platt bullying Torres. She like pushed some papers out of his hand or something and like laughed at him and that was it. And it was like Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. All right, let's just dive on in. Let's just do this. Okay. So we're gonna go in show order. We're gonna start with Med. Uh, the very first prompt we got actually came from multiple people. So we got one from Brooke and Brooke said, Will finding out Jay and Haley got married and being pissed he wasn't asked to be the best man. And along those lines, Sky also said, Will finding out his brother is married. So Brian, I plugged it in. Let's see how many characters do we have in this one? You've got Voight, Jay, Haley, Will. And then obviously the direction. So four characters. Okay, who wants to be who? I don't care. I'll be Voight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I'll be, be Haley and the narrator. Okay, I can do Jay and Will. That's fine. <laughs> You're the Halstead brothers interacting with each other. This I get great. to be both of them. Okay. Okay. Or should? Or should? Should I be? It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, Lauren. I can be one of them. Yeah. All right, I'll. So you're not do... talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll do um, Will and Voight, and you can do Jay. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I'll be Haley. And the you narrator. have to do the voice. Hey, got a minute. Okay, okay, I'll try. We'll see. This is not going to go well. Oh, this is going to be see. great. Okay, Wait, who am I? Wait, who am I? Jay. Jay and okay. Voight, right? Or is Brian a Voight? No, I'm Voight. Voight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. We need one of those like slate things, like action. Okay. So the title of this, and Brenda, what did you plug into ChatGPT for this? Did I you pretty just much always plugged in, unless I thought it was going to give me something so off. I pretty much always, I typed in like, write a Chicago Med. Well, this one, I think I typed in PDF. So, but write an episode where Will finds out, and I just changed the verbiage to make it, you know, Will finds out the Jay and Haley. So like, that's literally what I typed in for this one. Okay. Basically, okay. just Will and Will found out Jay and Haley got married and was pissed he didn't was you know that. Okay, here we go. Here's the first scene. Ready? Slate. Okay. So the title that Chat GPT gave us is "Ties That Bind," which isn't that the title of an actual episode of one <laughs> of the three shows? Some of the titles so. were honestly more funny than the actual like scenes they prompted. I, I think like that's it. a Chicago PD episode. I was gonna say, isn't that an actual yeah, episode? It was. From season six, episode 14, it's when Haley and Kim got kidnapped together. I knew. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're off to a really good start. Okay, here we go. Interior. Chicago PD bullpen. Day. The Chicago PD intelligence unit is buzzing with activity as detectives Will Halstead and Jay Halstead, brothers, in case you didn't know, and partners, catch up on paperwork at their desks. Sergeant Hank Voigt, the commanding officer, approaches with a mischievous smile on his face. I definitely can't do this voice. I'm going to laugh. I don't want Hey, Jay. Got a minute? Sure, Sarge. What's up? 
Voight motions Jay to follow him to a more private area. Will watches them leave, curious, but thinking nothing of it. Interior storage room day. Jay enters the storage room with Voight, only to find Detective Haley Upton waiting there. She appears slightly nervous. It's not even funny. I just can't. Haley, what's going on? Jay, there's something I need to tell you. We got married. (laughs) What? (laughs) When? (laughs) How? (laughs) Oh, she's teary-eyed. Hang on, this is the action. Yesterday. We decided it was time, and we didn't want to wait anymore. Jay takes a moment to process the information. Wow, Haley. I I don't know what to say. Hold on, the outline just froze on me. <laughs> it's your line. I know it's my line. The outline froze. Can you guys tell that I went to a performing arts high school? <laughs> but I like how you told it. You know, Will is pissed, but... Haley's telling Jay that they got married. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lauren, say that line again. Wow, Haley, I, I don't know what to say. I understand if you're upset that we didn't involve you. It was a spur of the moment decision and we didn't want to make a fuss. No, no, it's not that, Haley. I'm just surprised and a little overwhelmed. What? what? Did she drug Jay before this happened? Like, what? What is happening? Okay. Interior bullpen day. Will, growing impatient, watches Jay and Voight return from the storage room. He notices the somber expressions on their faces and senses that something is amiss. What's going on, Jay? Is everything okay? Jay looks at Will, unsure of how to break the news. Will, Haley and I, we got married yesterday. Will's eyes widen, and he looks at Jay with a mix of surprise and hurt. You got married, and you didn't even tell me? I'm your brother, Jay! Will, it was a spur-of-the-moment decision. We didn't want to make a big deal of it. Not make a big deal? Jay, we've been partners for years, and I'm your brother. I should have been there for you. Jay realizes the impact of his decision and immediately regrets not involving Will. You're right, Will. I should have talked to you before making such a big decision. I'm sorry. Sorry doesn't change the fact that I missed out on one of the most important days of your life. Voight steps in, (laughs) trying to diffuse the tension. I'm still about to talk to myself, so it's fine. Will, I understand your frustration, but Jay and Haley wanted to keep it low-key. You know how weddings can get. Will takes a deep breath, his anger subsiding slightly. Yeah, I get it, Sarge, but it still hurts. Voight places a hand on Will's shoulder. I know it does, Will, but family is family, and this doesn't change anything between you and Jay. Give them some time to make it up to you. Will nods, realizing that Voight is right. Okay, Sarge. And scene. Scene. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So So, so, ChatGPT titled it with the title of an already existing episode. Will is a detective. Yes. Not a doctor. And Haley somehow trapped Jay. And Jay had no idea that they got married. It's almost like a what's his first wife's name? That he was secretly married to and had never Abby. had. Yeah, it's almost like an Abby situation. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that's what I was signing <laughs> away for to get married. 
I like how Haley breaks the news to Jay and then Jay breaks the news to Will and Will's like, I missed the most special day of your life. And Jay's like, I missed the most special day of my life. <laughs> First, when Haley like has the scene, I thought it was going to be like one of those like, I'm pregnant. Like that's what it felt like. One of those like Haley telling him that she'd be like pregnant. And then it's like, no, I, we got married. And it's like, what? <laughs> where was Jay? I just, I... <laughs> Where was he that he like was not able? Was this like a hangover situation? Was he like stuck on the roof? Was there a tiger in the bathroom? Who knows? So bad. This is so bad. This is so bad. We're already off to a fantastic start. Yeah. Okay. Second med scene. So we got this prompt from Teresa. Teresa said, Ethan and April married with that parrot. Whatever happened to that bird? Okay. Who do we have in this one? Ethan and April? Just them? And the bird. And the bird. The bird has lines. I want to be the bird. Um, well, it makes noises. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna be so, the bird. Yeah. I'll be the bird in the narrator. Okay. okay. You wanna be Ethan or April, Brenna? Um I can be Ethan. That's fine. All right. I will be April. Go right ahead, Lauren. Okay. Interior. Ethan and April's living room. Day. The sun sh- wait, did I miss the title of the episode? Was no, they didn't title? have a title. Some okay. of them did, some of them don't. Oh, okay. The sun streams through the windows of a cozy apartment, casting a warm glow on the room. Ethan, a ruggedly handsome man with a caring disposition, sits on the couch, sipping his morning coffee. April, a smart and compassionate woman, joins him, a smile lighting up her face. They are both dressed in comfortable attire, evidence of their relaxed morning routine. Perched on a stand next to them is a colorful parrot whose vibrant feathers match the cheerful ambiance of the room. I can't believe we're married. Finally married, April. It feels like a dream. April. No, it's incredible. Wait, sorry. What did I mess up? Do I read? Do I read these? <laughs> I don't think so. But like, we should definitely we should definitely note there's a lot of acting on the page here where it's like little notes of like. Ethan's leaning on the couch. Like yeah, April's hard to... close to Ethan. Yeah. Obviously, we're not in the same place, so we can't act it out fully, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, Brenda, read that line one more time. I can't believe we're finally married, April. It feels like a dream. I know. It's incredible. I wake up every day grateful to have you by my side. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And our little feathery friend here, too. How you doing, Polly? Hello. <laughs> Read the direction. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Polly tilts its head, studying Ethan and April with beady eyes before letting out a high-pitched, hello. Polly seems to be getting used to our morning routine, don't you think? Definitely. It's like having our own little family member. Plus, I think Polly likes the sound of our voices. Isn't that right, Polly? Polly flaps its wings excitedly and repeats hello a couple of times as if confirming Ethan's observation. Go ahead, give us the give us the, the hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I think Polly might be a better listener than some of our patients. <laughs> you might be onto there something, Polly. Or no, you might be on onto something there. Polly, the honorary therapist. April's phone buzzes, indicating a notification. Looks like I have to head to the hospital soon. Duty calls. I know. I'll miss you, but I'm in- proud of the incredible work you do. They share a tender moment, intertwining their fingers. 
Holly interrupts their embrace with a shrill whistle. Well, Polly, it seems you're the only one who doesn't want us to be all lovey-dovey. April gives Ethan a playful look. Don't encourage Polly's mischief, Ethan. They share a laugh, momentarily forgetting the outside world and reliving in the joy of their new life together. And scene. Scene. (laughs) Did the parent ever have a name? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I was trying to think about it so I could, I, like, because I probably would have changed it and put the actual bird's name in to make it a little, you know, not Polly, but <laughs> still. That's hilarious. That's really funny. I like, it's like the dialogue is so on the nose, too. It's like the action is like, they're enjoying their morning. And then Ethan is like, mm, this is such a wonderful morning. It's so <laughs> redundant. <laughs> My favorite was the descriptions in the front because it's like Ethan, a ruggedly handsome man a with man. a caring dis- <laughs> in April, a it's smart, compassionate. compassionate woman. So funny. What about how this is never how the two of them would speak to each other? <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no. Not even close. And then like Ethan being like, she's our own little family member. Like, cute baby talk. Yeah, no. You yeah. think Ethan and April popped out a kid yet? Yet? No. How many it's only been like, like not, it's not even been nine months. Have they been like five months? <laughs> they were banging before that. Okay, well, either way, it's still not been nine months. They literally could not have popped out a kid <laughs> at all. Hmm. Even if she was pregnant. We don't know what they did that night after the club. Saying. Anyway. Okay. Next one up is from Emily. Oh, I feel like this is going to be a really good one. Okay. Emily's prompt. Natalie and Will get married. All right. So we've got Natalie and Will, and then there's a random paramedic line. And it's a lot of um, narrator stuff. A lot of narrator. Okay. Um, If you want, I can do the reading, the narrator, and the paramedic, because it's just one paramedic line. I'll take Will. Tell me, Natalie. Perfect. Good deal. What'd you plug in for this one, Brenna? Just like Natalie. I and Will think get married? I plugged Will and Natalie get married. I think I may have changed it to like Natalie Manning and Will Halstead, but yeah. Beautiful. I don't remember, but yeah. All right. Episode title Forever Begins. Interior <laughs> Chicago Med Emergency Department Day. The bustling emergency department is filled with doctors and nurses rushing around, tending to patients. Among them, Dr. Will Halstead and Dr. Natalie Manning are working side-by-side, focused, and dedicated. Hey, did you get a chance to talk to Maggie about our day off next week? Yeah, she's on board. I can't believe it's finally happening. Our wedding day is just a week away. I can't wait, Will. It's going to be perfect. Suddenly, an ambulance siren blares outside and the doors fly open, revealing paramedics rushing in with a critical patient. We have a male in his 50s, multiple gunshot wounds to the chest, blood pressure dropping. We need immediate assistance. Will and Natalie exchange a glance, knowing their duty calls. Let's go, Natalie. We'll save the celebrations for later. Interior interior operating room, later. Will and (laughs) Natalie work side by side in the intense surgical procedure. The room is filled with tension as they fight to save the patient's life. Suddenly, the patient's vitals stabilize. A collective sigh of relief fills the room. Natalie glances at Will, her eyes reflecting on a mixture of exhaustion and gratitude. 
We make a great team, Will. Oh, you're Natalie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do that again. I'm sorry. Natalie make- glances at Will, her eyes reflecting a mixture of exhaustion and gratitude. We make a great team, Will. Yes, we do. We always have and always will. Interior Chicago Med, break room, day. Will and Natalie are sitting at a table enjoying a well-deserved break. They share a comfortable silence, reveling in the rare moment of calm. Natalie takes Will's hands in hers, interlocking their fingers. Will, I can't imagine my life without you. You've been my rock, my partner, and my best friend. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Hold on, I lost where... Uh, oh, Will's light, eyes light up with emotion. Natalie, you are the most incredible person I've ever known. You've shown me what love and compassion truly mean. I want to be by your side through every high and low. I want to grow old with you. Will Halstead, will you marry me? He bit that, okay. Uh, will grants his heart filled with overwhelming joy. Absolutely, Natalie Manning. I would be honored to marry you. They embrace their love and happiness filling the room. Interior Chicago Med rooftop sunset. The, the green rooftop is, roof. <laughs> the rooftop is beautifully decorated for an intimate ceremony. Family, friends, and colleagues gather, eagerly awaiting the start of Will and Natalie's wedding. Will stands at the altar, uh, nervously adjusting his tie. Natalie walks down the aisle, accompanied by her son, Owen, who beams with pride. The ceremony is filled with heartfelt vows, laughter, and tears of joy. Their colleagues, Dr. Ethan Choi, April Sexton, and Dr. Daniel Charles, are among the guests watching the couple they've come to consider family. Exterior Chicago Med Rooftop Night. Under the starry Chicago sky, Will and Natalie share their first dance as husband and wife. The city skyline serves as a breathtaking backdrop, symbolizing the limitless possibilities of their future together. As the music plays... Their friends and loved ones join them on the dance floor, celebrating their love and commitment. Interior Chicago Med Emergency Department Day. Days after the wedding, Will and Natalie are back in the emergency department working side by side once again. Their bond has grown even stronger and their dedication to saving lives remains unwavering. Natalie catches Will's eye and they exchange a knowing smile. They both understand that their love for each other fuels their ability to heal and make difference. Make a difference. And scene. That one actually wasn't that bad. No, the only part that makes it bad, though, is Natalie literally says in the beginning, she's like, hey, did you talk to Maggie about her day off? And Will's like, yeah, our wedding day is just a week away. And then literally Natalie asked Will to marry him. Yeah. Also, like, just the wording, like, is so icky. Like, it just, like, (laughs) I just can't. Like, it makes me, like, like, want to gag reading it. I'm like, Like, there's literally no way these words would come out of their mouths. No, no not for a second. Oh, a lot of this action is pretty lofty, too. Like, you got to make it really concise. And this is just like, their bond, even stronger. They're unwavering. So no, my flowery. favorite is the last line. They both understand that their love for each other fuels their ability to heal and make a difference. I was like, oh, my God. I know. I know. It did, it did know enough to pull Owen's name. That was, okay, I see you. Well, and the fact that Med has a rooftop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just imagining what a wedding on the rooftop would look like. I mean, I'm sure, well, on the green screen roof, you know. Well, yeah. 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 That was flawed execution, but not, not as bad as some of the others. Yeah. That's funny. 
their love for each other fuels their ability to heal and make a difference. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my> gosh. <laughs> All right. Last one for Mad. I'm excited for this one. Okay. This came from Manny. Manny said, the team at Med go out for a meal or something. Maybe it's Thanksgiving or the 4th of July. So timely. I picked the 4th of July because of the timeliness of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried it a couple different ways and I picked the 4th of July in the end. Ooh, so there's like unseen versions of this one. Well, I picked something that said like the team go out for a meal or something. And that one was a little, I mean, they're all cringy, but like, and then I was like, well, let me try the 4th of July. And I ended up liking that one. You look like the 4th of July. <laughs> That's not a bad Jennifer Coolidge impression, Lauren. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got... This one, you've got Will, Ava, Maggie, Dr. Charles, and the narrator. Five. Okay. I think that's it. I don't think there's anyone else. I'll yeah, narrate for this one because you guys both did the last two. Um, and then decide who you want to be. And then I'll take whatever's left um i'll be ava i'll go a different route and i will be um i'll be maggie okay lauren you want will or dr charles oh i'll be dr charles i can be both well they called him the wrong name but still it's fine lockwood no no look at dr charles's name in the dialogue or in the the action (laughs) charles manning (laughs) Okay. okay, so wait, I'll just narrate then. Are you sure? Wait, wait who am I? <laughs> Somebody needs to be Will. I'll be Will. That's fine. I'll, I'll just okay. Very wait, who am I? Me. Dr. Charles. Dr. Okay. Charles Manning. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's happening? Love this. Okay. okay. So this one gave us a title. Clearly this episode aired in season three because it's called Independence Day Celebration. <laughs> season three. Okay, here we go. Interior Chicago Med break room. Day. The break room is festively decorated with red, white, and blue streamers, and the doctors and staff are seen wearing small American flag pins. That's a very specific direction. Okay. (laughs) Dr. Will Halstead, Dr. Ava Becker, Dr. Maggie Lockwood, doctor, she's a doctor this time, and Dr. Charles Manning sit at a table discussing their plans for the upcoming 4th of July. Who the fuck is Charles Manning? (laughs) Me. It's me. Natalie's son? <laughs> yeah. Like, a, a different child of Natalie's? Natalie's cousin? <laughs> yeah, brother? Her long lost brother? That's not confusing at all that there's, you know, a Charles Manning and a Dr. Charles. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Random person. All right. Here we go. Go ahead. Oh, wait. I'm well. Okay. So what's everybody doing for the 4th of July this year? I'm thinking of having a small gathering at my place. Nothing too fancy. Just some good food and good company. That sounds great. I was planning on watching the fireworks <laughs> at Navy Pier. They always put on put on an amazing show. I'm up for anything. Maybe we can all get together and celebrate as a group. Oh, sorry, narrator. They all exchange <laughs> excited glances. Interior, Dr. Becker's apartment. Later. Do you think there's like pictures of Connor all over the walls? <laughs> okay the apartment is beautifully decorated with patriotic themed decorations the doctors gather around the backyard enjoying the warm summer evening grills sizzle with mouth-watering food and a table is filled with salads desserts and refreshing drinks who has a yard in chicago well i was just also gonna say you don't have an apartment and then have a yard right she's gonna have a balcony that's like 
Right. You either have a house or you have an apartment. And I like how she has grills, plural, multiple grills. Yeah. She like secretly loaded or something. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ava, you really outdid yourself with the decorations. It feels like a proper 4th of July celebration. Thank you, Will. I wanted to make it special for all of us. And the food looks amazing. Maggie, you always know how to create a feast. That's also really not correct. No. (laughs) It's nothing special, just some family recipes. They all gather around the table, filling their plates with delicious food. Interior, Dr. Becker's apartment, backyard, later. So which is it? Is it Dr. Becker's apartment or is it the backyard? Where are we? <laughs> God. As the sun sets, the group settles down on lawn chairs and blankets, facing the sky where colorful fireworks start to light up the night. Wow, look at that. It's breathtaking. Indeed. It's moments like these that remind us of the beauty in the world. <laughs> Says the girl who killed Connor's dad and then killed herself. Okay. I couldn't agree more. It's important to take a step back from our work and appreciate these small joys. You're absolutely right. We deal with so much pain and suffering every day, but events like this bring us together and remind us of the good. They watch in awe as the fireworks explode overhead, creating a magical display of lights and colors. Interior, Dr. Beckert's apartment, backyard, later. Again, which is it? As the last firework fades away, the group sits around a crackling bonfire wrapped in blankets. I'm really glad we decided to celebrate together. It's been a wonderful evening. It has. We're really we're like a little family here at Chicago Med. I'm grateful for each one of you. You make coming to work feel less like a job and more like a community. Cheers to that. Here's to an amazing team. Here's to the amazing team we have and the lives we save every day. They raise their cups and clink them together in a heartfelt toast. Interior, Dr. Becker's apartment. Backyard, night. These should all be one scene. Okay. (laughs) The doctors, still gathered around the fire, share stories, laughter, and moments of camaraderie, deepening their bond outside the walls of Chicago Med. Fade out. Slay. Have you guys seen, you guys have seen Anchorman, right? It's been a long time, but oh, yeah. God. There's a scene, I think there's a scene at the end when uh, Steve Carell's character, Brick, like, they're, they're like, laughing or something, and he just, like, blatantly says it. He, they, they, like, finish laughing, he's like, ha, 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 we are laughing. That's exactly what this is. <laughs> <laughs> this one is, like, I honestly didn't even notice it on my first, like, I guess, read-through when I, like, chat GP, but, like, I definitely did not catch that literally at one point it's, you know... Maggie says to herself, Maggie, you always know how to create a feast. Like, Maggie literally <laughs> says that to herself. Wait, I didn't catch that she said <laughs> Well, no, and then Dr. Charles responds like he is Maggie because he was like, That's it's just the family recipes. <laughs> so bad. Well, and also I noticed when we were reading through, the lines are always like Will, Ava, Maggie, Dr. Charles. It never fades. It's always oh, that no. line. It's always in order. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You it's are like correct. until we were actually reading it out loud, I did not catch that. Yeah, Dr. Lockwood. Maggie, you always know how to create <laughs> And then Dr. Charles answers. Yeah, oh, I know. Basically, funny. like, yeah, I know. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's just them going back and forth being like, this is nice. This is nice. nice. This is nice. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, so that's it on the med prompts, which like 
damn <laughs> that's a trip yeah at least hey maggie's a doctor in chat gpt's world i like that yeah it's the only good thing the only good thing ava's not an axe murderer no no oh that was funny okay now it's fire time what is about to happen this is gonna be good yeah we got some really good ones for fire so there were so many fire ones like and so many i wish we could have done we just ran out of you know there's only so much time in the world okay so the first one we got for fire this came from a mix of camilla courtney and christy okay so camilla said hakami being alive and thriving courtney said in a dream world hakami future and christy said hawkins comes back or at least a twin brother what did you enter for this i'm getting ready to double check i think i put hold on a second because i definitely did not i had to put something slightly different for that i put and i did played with this one a couple times um i put right an episode of chicago fire because the first time i put it just where chief evan hawkins is still alive and dating violet mccommy and then it gave me like fire stuff and i was like that's not exactly right so then i put Write an episode of Chicago Fire where paramedic chief Evan Hawkins is still alive and dating paramedic Violet McCommy. I left it at that. Because context okay. apparently really matters in chat GPT. Love it. Okay. So we got Violet. We got Hawkins. Anything yeah, else? Severide. Severide. Okay. I'll take Severide. Okay. I'll be Hawkins. <laughs> I'll do I'll Violet. Jay. Who's going to narrate? I can uh, do it. You got it, Lauren? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Title. Renewed Flames. Interior Firehouse Day. The bustling atmosphere of Firehouse 51 fills the air as the firefighters and paramedics gear up for another intense shift. Paramedic Chief Evan Hawkins, a charismatic and experienced leader, stands near the ambulance bay engrossed in conversation with paramedic Violet McCommy, a skilled and compassionate paramedic. So, Violet, any exciting plans for after shift today? Actually, I was thinking we could grab dinner at that new sushi place downtown. What do you say? Sounds perfect. I'll be looking forward to it. Interior ambulance day. Evan and Violet jump into the ambulance, ready for their first call of the day. The radio crackles to life. Dispatcher's voice fills the vehicle. You Dispatch- got it, Lauren. You me to do it. You do it. All right. <laughs> Ambulance 61, responder reported car accident at the intersection of Madison and 5th. Is it Madison and 5th, New York? (laughs) Evan turns on the siren and the ambulance speeds off, lights flashing. Exterior, car accident scene, day. The ambulance arrives at the chaotic scene of the car accident. Evan and Violet rush out, their training and expertise kicking in immediately. They work seamlessly together, assessing and treating the injured. We've got two victims here, one unconscious and the other appears to have a broken leg. All right, let's stabilize the unconscious victim and extricate them carefully. I'll handle the leg fracture. Interior hospital, emergency room day. Evan and Violet wheel the patients into the bustling ER, relaying vital information to the attending doctors and nurses. As they finish handing off the patients, they step aside to debrief. Nice work, Violet. You handled that broken leg like a pro. Well, I learned from the best. You're a great teacher, Chief. Please, call me Evan. We're off duty now, remember? (laughs) Violet blushes and they share a warm look that speaks volumes about their blossoming relationship. 
Interior, firehouse day. Back at the firehouse, Evan and Violet finish their shift. They head towards the exit, their gear slung over their shoulders. Just as they're about to leave, they encounter firefighter Kelly Severide, a close friend of Evan's. Close friend. Okay. I also like how firefighter is all caps. (laughs) So funny. Hey, Hawkins, got a minute? Sure. What's up? I just wanted to say I'm glad to see you back in the game. You've been missed, buddy. Thanks, Severide. It feels great to be back. And I couldn't ask for a better partner than Violet. Who's narrator again? Lauren. Violet. (laughs) Violet blushes again. Her eyes locked with Evans. Will you two make a hell of a team? Take care of each other. We will. Take care of each other or take care of each other? (laughs) Interior sushi restaurant night. Evan and Violet sit across from each other at a cozy table, their laughter and conversation filling the air. The bond between them grows stronger with each passing moment. To new beginnings and renewed flames. Here's to that. They clink their glasses together, savoring the love and happiness they found in each other's company. Fade out. Oh, oh man. Man. That's funny. Oh, Hakami. Well, it's funny that they did a sushi restaurant because that was well, the one that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. The first one, when I didn't put clarification that they were paramedics, not firefighters, it had them at a Thai restaurant. Oh. Which, like, still kind of in that vein. And that one was under, like, the a scene ends with them, like, at a candlelight dinner, like, at a Thai really? restaurant or something. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway. Oh, man. That's funny. Okay. The the outline's like jumping all over for me. It's chaos over here. Okay. So again, another one where the dialogue's like super on the nose. Like, I like you. I like you too. Cool. Bye. Like one of those. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay. Next one we've got is from Krista. Severide fully telling Stella his story with Shay. We've always wanted this one. We've wanted it in fan fiction in every form possible. Okay. So who do we have in here? Stella. You got Stella, Severide, flashback of Shay, and then Casey. Oh, okay. And then obviously the narrator. Well, there's a few parts in here. Severide, Stella, Shay, Casey. Narrator. No, in the narrator. There's five. Okay. Um, I'll do the narrating because you guys did the last two. And I can also do, I'll do Casey. I'll take Shay. Well, somebody needs to be, you need to either be Severide or Stella because she can't talk okay, to herself. Okay, so, so I'll be Shay and Stella. How's that? That works. And Lauren can be Severide. I'm always the yeah. boy. <laughs> I was Will a couple prompts back. No, it's just, no, it's, I'm just being, I'm just joking because when I was, <laughs> When I was little, I have such vivid memories of being in the car with my friend and the High School Musical soundtrack was playing in the car and I refused to sing the boy parts. I was like, I'm always Gabriella or I'm always Sharpe. <laughs> Anyways, that was kind of annoying. Wait, that song from TikTok uh, that we used to hear, like, it's just a song, something, something. Was that High School Musical? Mm-mm. Teen Beach movie. There's a whole Ross Lynch and uh, Maya Mitchell. Yeah. And baby Jordan Fisher. True, baby. Baby. Just, I'm, I'm just, watched this, the second one was like apparently really bad. Like had a bad ending. I don't remember how it ended, but I've seen both. I have seen both of them. 
But yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Right. So title. Title. Unspoken truths. Interior. Firehouse lounge. Day. The firehouse is buzzing with activity as the crew members go about their daily routine. Zephyrite sits alone on the couch, lost in thought. Stella notices his solemn expression and approaches him. Sorry, I'm Stella. <sighs> I'm off to a great start. Okay. Hey, Kelly, you seem a million miles away. Everything okay? Yeah, just something's been on my mind lately. Something I've never really talked about. Stella sits down next to Severide, her gaze filled with concern. You know, you can talk to me about anything, right? I know, Stella. It's just, it's about Shay. Stella's eyes widen, realizing the weight of the conversation about tenfold. Kelly, you don't have to if you're not ready, but if it helps, I'm here to listen. Severide takes a deep breath, gathering his thoughts. You know, Shay and I were inseparable. We had this incredible bond, both as friends and as partners. We trusted each other with our lives, and we always had each other's backs. Flashback. Interior, firehouse, day. In the past. A younger Severide and Shay stand side by side, gearing up for a call. Come on, Severide, we got this. No one can beat the dynamic duo. Damn straight, Shay. Let's show them what we're made of. They share a brief moment of laughter before rushing out of the firehouse. Back to the present. That's your line. I was about to say your line. <laughs> but one day, things changed. We got a call to an apartment fire, and Shay didn't make it out. Stella's eyes well up with tears, realizing the depths of Severed's loss. Kelly. I blame myself, Stella. I was the lieutenant, the one responsible for the safety of my crew. I should have been there for her. Should have done something differently. Why am I, like, low-key killing this? <laughs> Kelly, you can't blame yourself. You did everything you could. Also, it wasn't squad that went into that building, but okay. I miss her every single day. She was more than a friend to me. She was my family. Bella pulls him into a tight embrace, offering solace in her arms. You don't have to face this pain alone, Kelly. We're all here for you. Interior firehouse later. Severide and Stella walk out of the lounge, their conversation having brought them closer together. The rest of the crew notices their pensive expressions and gives them a respectful space. Casey approaches Severide, offering a supportive smile. Sev, if you ever need to talk or just blow off some steam, you know I'm here, right? Why is everybody whispering and so quiet? Why is that the direction in all of this? <laughs> Severide nods gratefully, acknowledging the support from his fellow firefighters. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. As the day continues, the firehouse returns to its usual hustle and bustle, but there's a newfound understanding among the crew. They recognize the importance of supporting one another through the burdens they carry. And scene. You know, chat GPT thought they ate with that last part. They're like, we ate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to be really impressed if chat GBT somehow found it, found a way to work the title into dialogue. Then I was going to be like, oh, damn, like the robots are really coming for us. But no, they're not that clever. They're not that clever. They are not that clever. Um, the flashback was a lot. <laughs> it was not an apartment fire. No. And Sev has never been the boss of them. Also, the way they make it seem that like Everyone else has no idea what Severide's going through when, like, they were all actually there. Stella wasn't there, but the rest of, you know, everyone else was there. Like, they're all whispering about it. Like, nobody can know about it. 
Yeah. That's... And, like, Casey, who was Severide's best friend, has no idea. I love the descriptions of these characters, even though we already know who they are. Like, in a given season, they're not just going to, like, describe this character over and over and over. Yeah. Man. See, I, I like, if they were to find a way to, like, work AI into the TV writing process, like, I feel like the only thing that's going to happen is that these writers are going to be like, oh, this is shit, and then just, like, redo it themselves. So, really, it's just going to make more work for everybody. No, well, they won't have writers. That's the point, is how I feel like. I feel like they're going to use AI just be like, yeah, write an episode. Somebody's, they're going to have one writer or like two, maybe, and they're going to come up with the story ideas. And then they're going to be forced to just be like, write an episode of Chicago PD where Jay gets shot and, you know, give them the details. And then Chat GPT will write it. See, and that's the other thing I noticed is when I was playing with it, um, I would give it the prompt of like, hey, write an episode. And even then, it would give me two maybe three scenes it wouldn't write a full episode well my guess though is like if you gave it like way more details it may give you more but i don't know oh man or you may have to do it scene by scene like write a scene of chicago pd where intelligence is going over a case about a 13 year old girl getting shot then the next scene write a scene of chicago pd where blah blah you know and then you kind of piece it together so really what they're trying to do with TV writing is make it like the worst data entry job in the world. Yeah. What? Well, the Why? thing that obviously, of course, like chat GPT doesn't get is like context. It doesn't, it just like, it doesn't pick up on the nuances. It's just very static, you know? Yeah. You still Dialogue, need writers. Static. Yeah. It's just like not, you know, it's not good. You still need writers to refine this shit and perfect all the stuff that ChatGPT gets wrong. So really, you're just making more work for the writers that you're not going to compensate them for. Yeah. When it won't give you, like, the complex new, you know, like, it's still up to the writers to create to the idea. Like, ChatGPT isn't going to write. Like, you just told it to write an episode of Chicago PD. I don't know what it's going to come up with. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, so next up was a popular one. Uh, Danielle, Amanda, and Colette had one version of this. So Danielle said, Stellaride Pregnancy Jersey, er, Jersey Journey. Somebody's been watching too much sports. Uh, Amanda said, Kelly and Stella as parents, and Colette said, Stellaride as parents. Heard. Okay, so uh, I'll narrate this one. Who else is in this one? You've got Stella... Uh, you've got a random patient named Sarah. Or, uh, you know, somebody named Sarah. And then you've got Stella, Kelly, Herman. I think that's it. Herman sighting. <laughs> okay. okay. And then Sarah. Stella, Kelly, Herman, Sarah, narrator. Okay. Um, I'll narrate. I can take Herman if you want. Okay. I'll be Kelly. All right. I can do Stella and Sarah because Sarah only has one line. Great. Okay. We got a title on this one. It's A Flame of Parenthood. I see what you did there, chat GPT. So AI knows how to make puns. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. Okay. Here we go. Interior Firehouse Day. The bustling firehouse is filled with the sounds of sirens and firefighters preparing for another day of duty. So they're at 51 and the sirens are just constantly going off. They're like a the matrix. Okay. All right. Among them are Stella Kidd and Kelly Severide, a married couple and dedicated firefighters. They exchange a loving glance as they gear up for their shift. Interior, fire truck, day. 
Stella and Kelly sit side by side in the fire truck as they speed through the streets of Chicago, responding to an emergency call. The tension is palpable as they prepare for the unknown. Kelly, I can't help but worry about our baby. It's hard leaving them at home every day. I know, Stella, but we have an amazing support system in our fellow firefighters and we'll always be there for each other. Has he ever called her Stell? What? <laughs> Interior hospital day. The fire truck screeches to a halt outside a bustling hospital. Stella and Kelly, along with their team, rush inside to aid the injured. Interior pediatric ward day. So this is clearly in like the, the season one, season three era when med was like clearly the most unsafe hospital in the world. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Interior pediatric ward day. Stella and Kelly enter a brightly colored pediatric ward where children and their families are being treated. Their eyes meet a young girl, Emily, lying in a hospital bed with her parents, Sarah and Mike, at her side. What happened? How can we help? Emily has a rare medical condition. We've been here for weeks, but the treatments don't seem to be working. We're scared and we don't know what to do. We'll do everything we can to help, Sarah. You're not alone. Interior firehouse night. Stella and Kelly return to the firehouse after a long, emotionally challenging shift. They sit together in their shared office, reflecting on the events of the day. Kelly, seeing that little girl's family struggling like that, it makes me realize how fortunate we are to have each other and our future child. (laughs) I know. Oh, you're right, Stella. We need to cherish every moment we have together and be grateful for the blessings in our lives. Interior kitchen day. Stella and Kelly join their fellow firefighters in the firehouse kitchen for a meal. The room is filled with laughter and camaraderie. To Stella and Kelly, soon to be parents, may your child inherit your strength and bravery. The room erupts in cheers and Stella and Kelly exchange grateful smiles. Interior, nursery, night. Stella and Kelly stand in their beautifully decorated nursery, filled with anticipation and love. They have prepared everything for the arrival of their baby. Our lives are about to change, Kelly. I can't wait to meet our little one and show them the incredible world we live in. We're going to be amazing parents still. Our love and dedication will guide us through whatever challenges lie ahead. They share a tender moment. Their hearts filled with hope for the future. Fade I out. hated everything about that. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I hated literally everything about all of that. So, so they're pregnant, but they also have a kid? Well, I'm like... My- Several, I just even magically knew that parent's name without actually her saying her name. <laughs> um, what about how they called 51 because the daughter has a rare medical condition <laughs> that can't be cured? Yeah. Yeah. That was terrible. So that was bad. really bad. Our love and dedication will guide us through whatever challenge. How is it that every oh, single bro. one of these ends with one of those? Because it's chat GPT. It has, it still has a formula even though you know yeah um and i like how every group setting chat gpt has to like make a distinction and be like the room is filled with laughter and camaraderie every single one of these situations (laughs) yeah oh my goodness yeah that was awful that was pretty awful yeah so bad oh man so so bad oh boy okay so next one up i think this is the last fire prompt isn't it yes okay Last fire prompt. This came from Angie. Gallo and Ritter babysit Julia. Oh, boy. You've got Gallo, Ritter, 
Brett, Julia, and I think that's it. Wait, does Julia have actual lines? Like, or is she still just Yes, no, baby? Julia has, like, actual lines. She's probably going to be, like, five. Is she, like, Renesmee? Yeah. Like, <laughs> five, I'll five. be Julia. Okay. And I guess I'll narrate. Okay. Um, I'll take Brett and Ritter. I'll do Gallo. Oh, boy. Okay, title, A Night to Remember. Name that movie. High School Musical 3. Thank you. I mean, I'm pretty sure I wrote a couple fanfics titled A Night to Remember back in my NSYNC days. (laughs) 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 I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's gotta be a night to remember. Okay. (laughs) Interior, Firehouse Day. The firehouse is bustling with activity as the crew prepares for their shifts. Gallo and Ritter are in the kitchen area having a quick breakfast. So, Ritter, any plans for tonight? I heard it's Brett's night th- Brett's night off. Actually, I'm on babysitting duty tonight. Brett asked me to take care of Julia. Babysitting? That's new for you. Yeah, well, Brett and I have been spending more time together lately, and she thought it would be good for me to bond with Julia, too. <laughs> Just then, Brett enters the firehouse, looking slightly worried. Hey guys, I need a favor. I was supposed to have a friend watch Julia tonight, but she canceled last minute. Is there any chance one of you could watch her for a few hours? Gallo and Ritter exchange glances. We can do it, Brett. No worries. Yeah, consider it handled. We'll take good care of her. Oh, it's also me. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. I owe you big time. Just remember, Julia can be a handful, so be prepared. Exterior, firehouse evening. Gallo and Ritter stand outside the firehouse waiting for Brett to drop off Julia. She arrives holding Julia's hand. Now be on your best behavior, okay? Gallo and Ritter will take care of you tonight. I like Gallo and Ritter. That's good to hear. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight, Julia. They They bid farewell to Brett and head inside. Interior, firehouse, living area, evening. Gallo and Ritter set up a cozy corner in the living room with, with living area with blankets, pillows, and toys. So, Julia, what do you want to do tonight? Can we have a tea party? Absolutely. I'll get everything ready while Gallo makes some snacks. Gallo heads to the kitchen and Ritter arranges a small table with teacups, plates, and a stuffed animal audience. Interior firehouse kitchen in the evening. Gallo is preparing snacks when Ritter walks in. I think she likes us, Gallo. This is going to be a piece of cake. Famous last words, my friend. But hey, we've dealt with tough situations before. We got this. They gather the snacks and head back to the living area. Interior no laughter and yet? <laughs> Interior <laughs> firehouse, living area, evening. Gallo and Ritter sit at the tea party table with Julia. Here you go, Julia. One cup of delicious tea. Thank you. They spend the evening playing games, telling stories, and laughing together. Julia's energy and enthusiasm light up the firehouse. <laughs> Interior firehouse living area later. The living area is now transformed into a makeshift fort with blankets and chairs. Hang on a second. The outline froze on me again. Oh, there we go. Fear not, Princess Julia. I shall protect you from any dragons that come your way. You're silly, Ritter. And I'll be the fearless dragon slayer. Watch out, dragons. They engage in an epic battle of make-believe, laughing and enjoying the moment. Interior firehouse living area night. Gallo, Ritter, and Julia are lying under the fort, exhausted but content. I had so much fun tonight. Can we do this again? Of course, Julia. Anytime you want. You were a great princess tonight, Julia. We had a blast. 
Just then, Brett walks into the firehouse looking relieved. Hey guys, I'm back. How was everything? Oh, also me. We had an amazing time, Brett. Julia was an absolute delight. Yeah, she's a special kid. You're doing an incredible job, Brett. Yeah, thank you both so much. I really appreciate your help. As they all gather their things to leave, Julia hugs Gallo and Ritter tightly. I love you, Gallo and Ritter. Gallo and Ritter exchange a look, touched by Julia's words. We love you too, Julia. You're part of our family now. They leave the firehouse, their bond strengthened through a night of laughter, love, and newfound understanding of the challenges of parenthood. Fade out. I feel like I read that fan fiction on AOS or AO3. It honestly wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't There were a few, like, context things that were, like, obviously not right. Like, Ritter and Brett, like, that's not. No. Ritter being like, oh, yeah, I'm babysitting Julia tonight. And then Brett being like, can one of you babysit Julia tonight? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, some of the lines, I was like, Ritter would say that. Or, like, Gallo would say that. Yeah, when it was like, oh, Gallo, of course, is the one making snacks. Like, duh, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. That was pretty cute, though. That was was definitely the best one so far. Oh, yeah. I would love, like, Julia getting old enough and being like, I love you, Gallo and Ritter. Yeah, because they would melt and it would be, like, precious. Oh, my God. Yeah. She would, would, like, but instead of Gallo and Ritter, it would be Uncle Blake and Uncle Darren, right? That's so cute. Yeah. That was a good one. That was the best one. Yeah. So far. So far, that was good. Okay. Now it's PD time. PD time. Scared. (laughs) Now, Lauren- This one's a hot mess. Oh, oh, and it's also got the same title as an earlier one. The one Uh, we just read? The one we just read. Okay, so maybe this is a crossover. Maybe the whole episode is like part of one big crossover. Um. Okay, so for the PD prompts, this very first one we got, Lauren, did you submit this under a pen name? No. Just checking. <laughs> okay. Um, we got a couple that pretty much just said, Berzik dates. Berzik on a date. Berzik. Berzik. My, my people. Yeah. Well, so- okay. I had to change this one slightly because I tried it once and it kept giving me things that were like, them having never been in a relationship like a first date and i was like that's not really what i was looking for so what i actually plugged in write an episode of chicago pd where kim and adam finally find a babysitter for michaela and can go on out on a date because that was the one that gave me the most current vibes the closest i could get to like them having not you know they're like actually dating versus like a first date got it got it okay uh we got kim we got ruzik we got mac um you've got kim Rizik, you've got a random woman named jordan and no mac dialogue mac's there but no mac dialogue so just there's four parts then yes i'm just double checking yes okay lauren you want to be your girl yeah i will do narration and i can do jordan i'll take adam all right perfect title a night to remember. Interior, 21st District, bullpen, day. Detective Kim Burgess is sifting through paperwork, occasionally glancing at a photo of her daughter, Michaela, on her desk. Detective Adam Rusick enters the bullpen, noticing Kim's distracted expression. Hey, Burgess, what's on your mind? Just trying to figure out what to do about tonight. I haven't been on a date with you in ages, and we still haven't found a reliable babysitter for Michaela. Yeah, I know. It's been tough, but we'll find someone, I promise. Interior 21st District Locker Room Day. 
Kim and Adam continue their pr- discussing their predicament as they gather their belongings. It's just frustrating, Adam. We can't keep putting our lives on hold. Michaela needs to see that we're more than just cops and parents. You're right. We need some quality time for ourselves, too. We've been working nonstop on these cases. Let's make it a priority tonight. Interior 21st District Interview Room Day. The two detectives interview a potential witness, Jordan, a young woman (laughs) who recently moved to the neighborhood. Jordan. I've been babysitting for years. I have excellent references. I'd be more than happy to help you out tonight. Kim and Adam exchange glances, clearly interested. <laughs> Interior, Burgess and Ruzik's apartment, living room, evening. Jordan arrives at the apartment, greeted by Michaela, who instantly takes a liking to her. Don't worry, Michaela. We'll have so much fun tonight. Your parents deserve a night out. Michaela smiles, hugging her new babysitter. Interior, Chicago restaurant, night. Kim and Adam sit across from each other at the candlelit table, a sense of relaxation washing over them. You know, I never realized how much I missed this until now, just having a quiet dinner with you. Yeah, it's been too long. No interruptions, no criminals, just us. They clink their glasses together, toasting to the much-needed break from their demanding lives. Interior, Birches from Rusick's apartment, living room, night. Jordan sits on the couch watching a movie with Michaela, a bowl of popcorn between them. Michaela giggles, snuggling closer to Jordan. Interior Chicago restaurant, night. Kim and Adam continue their conversation, their laughter filling the air. For a brief moment, they forget about the challenges they face every day. (laughs) Interior, Burgess and Rusick's apartment, living room, night. Michaela yawns, rubbing her eyes sleepily. Jordan gently lifts lifts her up and carries her to the bedroom, tucking her into bed interior chicago restaurant night kim and adam finish their dinner feeling rejuvenated and connected we should do this more often even if it means begging jordan to babysit i agree it's worth it we need to prioritize our relationship and take care of ourselves too they hold hands grateful for the opportunity to focus on their love amidst the chaos of their jobs fade out (laughs) (laughs) The way Kim and Adam are like, fuck our kid. F that. (laughs) Well, the way they're just like, oh, yeah, you were witness to a case. We don't know you, but you want to babysit? Okay, cool. We'll beg Jordan to babysit once we uh, make sure that all the charges are dropped. Yeah. So bad. This could be one that they could rework into Jordan Atwater babysitting Michaela. The first time I read this, I thought it was Jordan. I was like, oh, that's a good pool chat, GPT. And then I realized it wasn't. I was like, no. was a random suspect but all the other ones were like first datey and i was like yeah that's not that's not really what i wanted so 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 let's point out how majorly out of character chat gpt wrote kim oh yeah, yeah. majorly like they're all out oh no they're all, they're all way out but the, the way kim's like we need to show michaela that we're not just cops and parents so okay all right cool doing that by not spending time with her yeah oh my goodness yeah that was pretty terrible yeah okay that was really bad got another one here it's this this one i'm guessing is equally as terrible because i've done i've done this prompt before yeah i did a different one than yours i didn't take the one you did but yeah so uh, pretty bad Oh, so bad. Okay, so so Vanessa's prompt was Kim finding out what happened with Roy. So when I did this one, it pulled Antonio back into the situation. And 
Roy was a cop that they worked with. So Antonio basically goes to Kim's door and is like, Roy's dead. And she's like, no, what happened? That one pulled up too. Like that one did come up, but I had it run it again because I was just curious to see what it came up with. What'd you plug in? Uh, I think I plugged in something very similar, just like, hold on. I had it open and then I got out of chat. G- chat. Let's see. Hold on. Egypt. Uh, Burgess learns of Right up. So I just wrote things where Kim learns that Roy is dead, but I just had it regenerate it. Okay. Response. So we've got Kim, we've got Voight. What else do we have? Kim, Voight, Adam, I think. Oh, no. Haley. Just Haley. I'll be Voight. I'll take him. I can do Haley. And I can do narrating again. Because is there a lot of Haley? No, Haley only has one line. So I'll just narrate again. All right. Title. The Fallen Detective. So we already know where this is going. (laughs) Interior Chicago Police Department Intelligence Unit Day. The intelligent unit is bustling with activity as detectives and officers go about their daily tasks. Sergeant Hank Voigt is sitting at his desk reviewing case files. Detective Kim Burgess enters the office looking somber and carrying a cup of coffee. She walks over to Voigt's desk, hesitant to speak. Sergeant Voigt, do you have a moment? What's on your mind, Burgess? (laughs) Kim takes a deep breath. Hold on, sorry. Kim takes a deep breath, composing herself before she speaks. Sorry. I received a call this morning. It was from my sister, Julie. She told me something. Something that I can't believe. Boyd's face tightens with concern as he gestures for Kim to sit down. You can do it, Lauren. What? What is it, Burgess? You can tell me. <laughs> Kim takes a seat and looks directly at voice. Void. Her voice trembling. Roy's dead. He was shot last night, Hank. My brother-in-law is dead. Void's <laughs> eyes widen, his stoic expression faltering for a moment. He reaches across the desk, placing a hand on Kim's. I'm so sorry, Kim. Okay, give up. I was a good man. We'll find the bastard who did this. I promise you. Kim wipes away a tear, taking a deep breath to steady herself. Thank you, Hank. I need to go be with my sister. I just wanted to let you know. Take all the time you need, Burgess. We'll be here when you're ready to come back. <laughs> Kim nods, standing up and making her way to the door. She pauses, turning back to Voight. Oh, boy. Let me do the dramatic turnaround here. Could you, could you tell the team for me? I don't think I can handle seeing their reactions right now. Voight nods, understanding the weight of Kim's request. Of course, I'll take care of it. You can take care of yourself, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Kim offers a small smile, her gratitude evident in her eyes. Thank you, Hank. I'll be in touch. She leaves the office, her footsteps echoing down the hallway as she (laughs) disappears from sight. Boyd takes a moment to collect himself before getting up from his desk and walking over to the bullpen. Oh, God. Oh, boy. I know where this is going. Okay, carry on. Interior Chicago Police Department bullpen day. 
Voight stands in front of the intelligence unit a team, composed yet solemn. Listen up, everyone. I have some devastating news to share. Detective Kim Burgess has just informed me that her brother-in-law, Roy, was shot and killed last night. It's a tough loss for Kim and her family, and we need to be there for her during this time. The room falls silent as the team processes the news. Haley Upton, Kim's close friend and partner, looks particularly shocked and saddened. Oh my god, Kim. Voight's gaze lingers on each team, each member of the team, his voice filled with determination. We'll give Kim the support she needs, both as team and as friends. We'll find the person responsible for this and we'll bring them to justice. But right now, our priority is Kim. Hold Aileen. on. Yes, Aileen. Safe to say that bullpen was not filled with laughter and camaraderie. When Adam's yeah. brother died? Rough out there. <laughs> rough out there indeed yeah it but i think it also just proves like there's so many little nuances in a story that like chat gpt could never pull up because like how would you write this scene if like yeah you already had what happened happen like with roy being dead like how would you get chat gpt to like formulate no that yeah. yeah it won't mm-hmm because exactly. it doesn't, it can't replace a script supervisor whose job is to literally know everything that's ever happened on the show. Bingo. That. That. Also, the way Adam suddenly has a brother and Kim now has another sister? Apparently. Julie? You knew. Okay. Wait, so. New. So wait, it's not Adam's brother. It's Kim's brother-in-law. So she's got another sister. Julie. Yeah. Okay, yes. so it's not Adam doesn't have a brother then. Okay. No. But Oh. <laughs> Wait. But if it's her her oh. brother-in-law. Okay, hi, I'm there. Her brother-in-law. Okay, hi. Yeah. Man. This is a mess. Okay. Is this the last PD prompt or we got two more? No, two more and then there was one more all of the shows. But Okay. Okay. The this next two are a little long one. Okay. They're both a little longer. So Teresa for this one said, Trudy babysitting Michaela. So good. Yes. Okay. What did you type in for this one? I think I just typed in right an episode of Chicago BD where Trudy Platt babysits Michaela. I'm pretty sure that's what I typed in. Oh, I love it. Love it. Okay. So you've got Kim, Trudy, Michaela. Perfect. And then the narrator. Um, I'll narrate. I'll do Trudy. I'll take Mac. I'm sure that that'll Okay. So you'll Lauren, be Kim. You can do Lauren, Kim. Kim. Okay. Cool. <laughs> this title, though. Okay. The title, A Day with Michaela. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. Okay. <laughs> Interior, District 21, front desk, day. Trudy Platt, the formidable desk sergeant, sits at her station, keeping an eye on the bustling activity around her. Suddenly, Officer Kim Burgess rushes up to her. Trudy, I'm in a bind. My usual babysitter canceled and I can't find anyone to watch Michaela. Can you help me out? You want you me to want babysit? Me to... Oh, I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh. You want me to babysit your daughter? Well, 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 Officer Burgess. Who knew you needed a hand? It's just for today, Trudy. I promise I'll owe you one. Trudy takes a moment to consider, then reluctantly not. I'm doing great, guys. <laughs> All right, but just for today. Bring Michaela in and I'll keep an eye on her. Thank you, Trudy. I owe you big time. Interior, District 21, break room later. 
Trudy sits at the break room table engrossed in paperwork. Suddenly, the door opens, and Michaela, a bright and curious seven-year-old, enters with Kim. Hi, Trudy. Are you really going to be my babysitter today? Yes, Michaela, I am. But remember, I'm still Sergeant Platt while I'm on duty. Michaela nods with a mischievous glint in her eyes. Interior District 21 bullpen day. Trudy leads Michaela around the precinct, introducing her to officers and detectives who are hard at work. Hang on, the outline froze on me again. Come on. I had it, then I lost it. Oh, okay, there we go. Okay, let me read that again. Trudy leads Michaela around the precinct, introducing her to the officers and detectives who are hard at work. What's that room over there, Trudy? That's where the detectives work, Michaela. They solve crimes and catch the bad guys. Wow, can we go in? Trudy hesitates for a moment, then nods. Sure, but remember, we need to be quiet and respectful. Interior District 21 Interrogation Room Day. Trudy stands at the one-way mirror, observing as Detective Halstead questions a suspect. Michaela stands beside her, eyes fixed on the intense scene unfolding inside. Is he a bad guy, Trudy? We're trying to find that out, sweetheart. Some people make bad choices, and the police are here to make things right. Michaela nods, absorbing Trudy's words. Interior District 21 Break Room Later. Trudy and Michaela sit at the break room table, sharing a bag of chips. Trudy, being a police officer seems really important and brave. Do you ever get scared? Of course I do, Michaela. But what's important is doing the right thing, even when you're scared. That's what makes a good police officer. I want to be brave like you when I grow up. Trudy's heart swells with pride. You already are, Michaela. You have a kind heart, and that's what matters most. Interior District 21, front desk later. Kim returns to the front desk, finding Trudy and Michaela engrossed in a game of checkers. So, how'd it go? Piece of cake, Officer Burgess. Michaela's been an absolute delight. Michaela jumps up, excited. Thank you, Trudy. This was the best day ever. You're welcome, sweetie. Anytime you need a babysitter, you know who to call. Kim watches the heartwarming scene, grateful for Trudy's support. Thank you, Trudy. I don't know what I would have done without you. Hey, we're all a family here, Kim. That's what we do. They share a moment of gratitude and camaraderie as Michaela happily continues her game of checkers with Trudy. Fade out. Parts of that were cute. Yeah. Trudy letting mm-hmm. Michaela watch the interrogation. Probably I don't not know cute. about that. Yeah. yeah. Not cute. Yeah. Parts of that yeah. were cute, though. That's exactly how Trudy would be with Michaela, minus the interrogation part. Well, I thought at first in the beginning where she's like playing with Kim, I was like, that's also very much Kim and Trudy. Mm-hmm. It did pick up on that, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Parts of that were not a disaster, but other parts yeah. were. All right. I'm trying to run through the next one, how many parts we have, because there's a lot. You've got Platt, Atwater, Ruzik, Kim, a woman, Jay. That's a different woman, but somebody can read the same things. Um, And Voight. So there's a few. Voight, basically everyone but uh, Haley. I don't add a woman in there. I can so, narrate. And the narrator. And the narrator. Okay, so that's going to be three parts for each of us. I'll do narrator Kim and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Easy for me to remember. Uh, let's see. Voight's in the- I can be Voight. Let's see who else. All right. 
I'll do Kevin, but someone has to do the woman because I can't be the woman talking to myself. I'll be the woman. Void the woman. And then what's left? Jay. I'll be both women and Jay. So void right, Jay and I'll, do, and I'll do Kevin and uh, Trudy because I'm going to end up talking to myself anyway. So it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Void Lauren, Jay you're narrating. Okay. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the, do we already read the prompt? No. Okay. So I put the prompt exactly in as basically just changing like the verbs to make, you know, make sense. This is a great prompt though. Heather's prompts were also, I, I could have, we could have did a whole episode of just Heather's prompts. Yeah. So this one is the team playing matchmaker for Kevin. All dates end in disaster except Trudy's. She gets internal bragging rights. Beautiful. Title. So matchmaker mayhem. <laughs> Interior Chicago PD. Intelligence unit day. The intelligence unit is buzzing with activity as the team members go about their usual duties. Sharp, Sergeant Hank Voigt notices his team is unusually cheerful. <laughs> What's got everyone so chipper today? Adam Ruzek, Kim Burgess, and Jay Halstead exchange mischievous glances. We're just playing matchmaker, boss. Matchmaker? Burgess jumps in, unable to contain her, inc- her excitement. Yes, boss. We decided it's time to find Kevin a match. He's been single for way too long. And who better to help him than us, his trusted teammates? Voight sighs, realizing he won't be able to stop their matchmaking endeavors. All right, but keep it professional. We've got work to do. Cut to Interior District 21, break room, later. Kevin Atwater walks into the break room, unaware of his team's secret mission. He grabs a cup of coffee when Trudy Platt enters, a mischievous smile on her face. I'm going to end up talking myself here. So, Atwater, heard you're in need of a love life. What? How did you... Never mind that. Just know you have a team of expert matchmakers working on your case. Atwater raises an eyebrow, slightly intrigued, but war- wary. Wary. Hi. Wary of his colleague's antics. And how's that going? Let's just say the disaster level has been off the charts. Interior District 21, bullpen day. Ruzik approaches, approaches Atwater with a sly grin. Kevin, I've seen you. I set you up with an incredible woman. She's smart, beautiful, and... What's the catch? No catch, man. Just trust me. Atwater reluctantly agrees to the date. Interior upscale restaurant night. Atwater waits nervously at a table, looking around for his date. A woman approaches, but it's clear she's not the one Ruzik described. She's loud, obnoxious, and continuously talks about herself. So, tell me more about yourself. Oh, honey, where do I begin? I have three cats and I collect porcelain dolls. Atwater's eyes widen to realize this is a disaster. (laughs) Cut to Interior District 21, bullpen day. Halstead approaches Atwater looking guilty. Give me a second. The outline's lagging. I don't know why. Okay, there we go. Hey, man, I'm sorry about that last date. I thought she'd be a perfect match. Jay, you know me better than that. I know, I know. I just misjudged. But I promise I have someone great lined up for you. Atwater reluctantly agrees. Interior coffee shop day. Atwater sits at a table looking hopeful. A woman approaches and they exchange pleasantries. However, as the conversation progresses, it becomes evident that they have nothing in common. The date becomes awkward with long silences and forced laughter. So, what do you enjoy doing in your free time? I don't have any free time. I work 24-7. Atwater forces a smile, realizing this date is another disaster. Cut to Interior District 21, Bullpen Day. Burgess approaches Atwater apologetic. 
I'm really sorry that this about that last one, Kevin. I thought she'd be a great fit. We're just I appreciate the effort, but maybe it's not just not meant to be. No way, Kevin. We're not giving up. Interior sports bar night. Outwater enters the sports bar, prepared for another disappointing evening. As he looks around, he spots Trudy Platt at a table, waiting with a genuine smile. Trudy, what are you doing here? Didn't you know? I'm your final matchmaker. And I must say, I've saved the best for last. Really? They share a meaningful glance. The atmosphere between them is different from the previous dates. Interior sports bar <laughs> later. <laughs> Atwater and Platt engage in lively conversation, laughing and sharing stories. They d- discover common interests and values, and the chemistry between them is undeniable. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy, I have to admit, this has been the best date so far. Well, I had to make sure my match was the best, didn't I? They both laugh, enjoying each other's company. Fade out. Exterior, District 21, day. The next day, Atwater walks into the bullpen with a smile on his face. Ruzik, Burgess, and Halstead look at him expectantly. So, how was it? Did we finally find your match? You won't believe it, but Trudy was the one who saved the day. We had an amazing time. Burgess, Ruzik, and Halstead exchange looks of surprise and disappointment, while Trudy grims triumphantly. I guess I'll be holding on to those eternal bragging rights then. They all laugh, acknowledging Trudy's matchmaking skills. Fade out. <laughs> Hashtag Platwater. <laughs> but like, honestly, except for that scene, this is not a bad one either. Also, no. I feel like Trudy would pull that. Like, she'd go. <laughs> yeah. She would, yeah. And then, of course, Trudy would, or Kev would be like, you're the date. And she'd be like, honey, of course I am. Please, I'm exquisite. Like, yeah. And it's like, duh, of course I set you up with the best match. Like, duh. Yeah, that's pretty on brand. That's, okay, that one's actually pretty funny. Yeah. It's definitely not the worst one by far. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> it did a pretty good job of structuring that one, too, how we got matches from pretty much everybody. Like, we saw Jay's date, Kim's date. Well, what? I loved how he calls her Burgess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, that's obviously, like, that is, if he had called her Kim, I would have been like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one wasn't bad. Was this better than the one where Gallo and Ritter babysit Julia? I think those are the best two so far by far yeah yeah Yeah. nice that was yeah that was pretty funny and absolutely something Trudy would do okay so those are the ones that we did that were for the specific shows we got one honorable mention that we couldn't not throw in here because this just it's basically a crossover it's basically a crossover it was just it was just too good of a prompt in five words so uh Megan sent us this prompt and all it said was the OC gang at Topgolf Yes. All right. What I put in this one, I said, write it one Chicago crossover where characters from all three shows go to top golf on their day off. Okay. Because I couldn't, I couldn't figure of a way, like if I said the OC gang at top golf, like it would not have picked, you know, I don't think it would have picked that up. It was going to write the OC from like 2004. Oh (laughs) yeah. Probably. Yeah. Oh man. We got Connor. We got Bowden. You got Bowden. Jay, Connor, Brett, Kim, Stella, Kevin. I don't even, I lost count. Bowden, Jay, Connor, Brett, uh, Kim, Stella, and Kevin. I think that's six in the narrator. I'll take Outwater. Okay. 
I'll narrate, and I can also do um, Connor. Right. Who else we got left? Who are we with? I just totally <laughs> blanked out. All right, I you Stella said... too. All right, so you're doing. All right, so you're Gina. You're doing Bowden and no Stella and Kevin. Stella and Kevin. I need a Bowden. I will do Bowden, and I can narrate. So I, I still need to a. Be, so I have Jay. I need Connor, a... Brett, and Kim. And Kim. But Jay, I can Connor, do Jay, Connor, Brett, and Kim. All right, four parts. No, I, those are who we have left. I can do Jay, Connor, Kim. And then you, I think Brett has one line. I can take Brett. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Atwater Kid, Brett. Got it. All right. Jay Connor, Connor Kim. Okay. Title One Chicago Swing. <laughs> Interior Top Golf Day. The vibrant atmosphere of Top Golf fills the air as three, this is the three One Chicago shows collide in a much deserved day off of, for their characters. The setting is filled with excitement and laughter as firefighters, police officers, and medical professionals show off their skills on the golfing range. Chief Bowden from Chicago Fire steps <laughs> up to take a swing, his strong presence commanding attention. Detective Halstead from Chicago PD stands beside him, analyzing Bowden's form. Chief, you're going to hit that ball all the way to Michigan with that swing. Just warming up, Halstead. You better watch out when it's your turn. Across the range, Dr. Rhodes from Chicago Med discusses his approach with paramedic Brett. See that spot over there? I'll aim for it, and it'll be a hole-in-one. Confident much, Dr. Rhodes? I'll hold you to that. As... They prepare for their shots. The group catches the sight of Officer Burgess from PD and paramedic kid from Chicago Fire <laughs> engaging in a friendly competition. Watch this, kid. I'm going for a long drive. You're on, Burgess. Let's see if you can handle the heat. As the characters banter and compete, the camera pans across the range, showcasing the familiar faces of one Chicago regulars mingling and enjoying their day off. Interior top lo- top golf lounge area later. After an exhilarating game, the characters gather in the lounge area, exchanging stories and laughs while enjoying some well-deserved refreshments. The camaraderie between them is evident and as they relax and unwind. <laughs> Officer Atwater from Chicago PD approaches with a tray of drinks. Drinks on me, everyone. A toast to a day off well spent. The characters raise their glasses and cheer, their bonds strengthened through their shared experiences both on and off duty. Exterior top golf rooftop sunset as the day winds down the characters find themselves on the rooftop gazing as the breathtaking sunset over the chicago gazing at the breathtaking sunset over the chicago skyline we face tough challenges every day but moments like these remind us why we do what we do together we make a difference absolutely chief we're a team in the field and in life the characters share a poignant moment appreciating the city they protect and the friendships they formed as the sun sets casting a warm glow over them they stand united a testament to the strength and resilience of chicago's finest fade out slay so with a little bit of work that's the scene at the end of the crossover after like the mass crisis is solved yeah Yeah. exactly with a little bit of work a little bit of work yeah but i think the kevin dialogue was pretty spot on 
imagine i'm just sitting here imagining a connor brett pairing like back in the early seasons oh my because i think med was the only one she wasn't involved so she wasn't involved with anyone with wow wow yeah so in summary we need our writers yes yes (laughs) but actually though to that yes Overall, well, there were, like, two out of, like, 13. 13. Yeah, that were, like, decent. And even then, they still needed some work. Yes, they were not perfect by any means. So, like, what, I mean, I said it earlier, but, like, what's the plan? I mean, obviously, you can't just have one person plug it into chat GPT and whatever it gives you is it. Imagine, if I told it to write a crossover and that's what it gave us, imagine it actually trying to write a crossover. Yeah. It would not work at all. So bad. So bad. Yeah. So bad. Like, I can see how you would save money on it because literally all it is is just like refining your entry. It's like data entry. But yeah, you're also you're you're also getting such a shit quality output. Why would you do that? Yeah. Like, you don't get to have your cake and eat it too here. No, it's really bad. Yeah. It's either pay your writers and give us good TV or don't pay your writers and get absolute shit. And then you'll still lose because you lose money because no one will watch your shit TV. Right. Nobody will watch. Yeah. And actors aren't going to want to act when the scripts are shitty like this. Mm-hmm. Nor are directors going to want to direct, I would hope. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. So, thoughts? Anything? No, I mean, I think it proves... I mean, this was fun, but, like, it just proves that we need our writers. Oh, a million percent. Yes. Okay, the writers. AI is scary. Because, like, while these are definitely... Like, we laugh about them, how terrible they were. Like, for being the fact that, like, they were just generated by pulling things off the internet, it is kind of scary how much it can pull just from like everything on the internet like without knowing that like when i say just chicago pd and like kim and kevin it's like oh kev kim burgess has you know daughter michaela like it knows all the things like it knew that kevin called kim burgess like you know like it knows i mean granted they're not perfect but it still knows a lot and it's very scary oh yeah yeah it's one of those things where, like, even if you intend to use it for good, you've got to think of the ways that it can be used for bad, too. Yep. Well, yeah, and it's basically, you know, not necessarily in this instance, but, like, it is, you know, the a lot of the big comment with AI, too, it's, like, it's stealing. It's basically, you know, like, AI art, especially. Like, it's taking artists' style, and it's taking it all and, like, combining it into something new. And, like, it's still copyright. Like, it's still stealing. Mm-hmm. it's not what they signed up for yeah and, and i didn't sign up for like a future where artificial intelligence impl- replaces everything like no i didn't sign up for that i don't want that no um, no way no yeah yeah so that's it for our first ever ai episode like you said this was fun like it was fun to see the terrible it's stuff fun to laugh at how terrible it is yeah yeah because, yeah. like, some of these are really bad. Really bad. Really bad. So. 
moral of the story pay the writers yeah pay the writers so yeah uh that's about it we've got for that's about all we've got for today i'm like jumbling my words here so you guys always know where to find us facebook twitter instagram tumblr tiktok right that's everywhere um meet us and molly's everywhere um yeah follow us individually on twitter i'm at gina watches tv Bryna. i'm at Bryna k13 lauren kins ruzix burgess yes uh if you like the show which we really hope you do if you could leave us a rating and review on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts that would be great helps us increase visibility did you hear stitcher shut down this week no yeah stitcher stitcher it's a podcast platform it was a podcast Uh, platform r.i.p stitcher yeah i don't know if anybody used it but still so well it's going to shut down yeah it hasn't shut down yet yeah something like that so yeah um we don't guys it's july we don't know what we're doing on a weekly basis um I would like to do that patron watch with High School Musical, though. I feel like every time I get together with you two, I'm missing out on the bulk of the conversation. Once we sign off of this episode, Brian and Lauren are going to start talking about books, and I'm just going to sit here and nod nicely. (laughs) No. Never. So, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Maybe we'll schedule a live watch. I think we were talking about doing a Barbie episode later this month yeah or it probably maybe in august by the time people actually because like gotta go see it and then travel and you know all the things and it may be august really realistically i feel like something else important was happening on july 21st Bryna. do you does anything like jog your memory i feel like something else really important was going down and i can't remember at all what it was yeah yeah not a big day yeah none of our friends have birthdays or anything right yeah yeah (laughs) not a big deal whatever just another day um lauren what about you you busy july 21st just my birth (laughs) (laughs) yes yes your birth the barbie movie and oppenheimer what a day i know what a day truly (laughs) so yeah that's about it for today um obviously we're kidding we love lauren and we've all had it bookmarked in our calendar that it's her birthday on the 21st just to be clear. But yes, that's about all we've got for today. So in the meantime, everybody have a great rest of the week. Stay cool. It's July. It's effing hot out there. And we'll see you at some point this month. Bye. And fade out. <laughs>